Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the next installment of Connecting Conversations. It's so lovely to be with you on this Tuesday evening in Bundaberg. And I don't know where you are watching from or at what time you're watching this, but if you're watching live, it would be lovely to see some comments pop up in the column and uh, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, interact with us, ask some questions. That's what Connecting Conversations is all about. Tonight, as we begin our Connecting Conversations, I'll be speaking to somebody very dear and special, my youngest uh, brother, my younger brother, Alan. I call him my big little brother because he's at least uh, a head taller than I am. But it's, uh, it's lovely to have Alan with us. Welcome, Alan. Welcome to Connecting Conversations. Thanks very much, Stuart. It's great to be able to share um, in this way with you. Excellent. All good with the sound and everything else? Yeah, everything's working. I, uh, I've even worn my, my shirt for the occasion. Um, oh, and uh, part, of the beauty of, part of the beauty of doing a call like this is that you don't need to wear any pants. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've got pants on. I hope you do too. Uh, thank the Lord for small mercies. Oh, that's what I, that's what I say. But uh, for those of you who didn't see uh, the sermon a couple of weeks ago, Alan is, uh, he and I together caught this big fish. There's no reason for me showing you this photo other than just to brag and uh, to say that Alan has since grown his beard and uh, we tease him a little bit about looking like Carlos from Desperate Housewives, those of you who remember that show. And uh, so, Carlos, it's good to be able to interview you this evening and to be able to talk a little bit about the sermon. Alan, share a little bit. Uh, there are people in Bundaberg Thanks who know you sure. well, uh, people who know everywhere uh, know you from uh, South Africa who are watching. But for those who don't know you, share a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about um, your family, your work, your interests, life in South Africa during the uh, very heavy lockdown. Maybe a little bit of uh, Alan works. Uh, he's uh, he's the um, computer guy in a pharmacy company. How's the how's the pharmacy industry going at this time? Great, sir. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's certainly interesting times. Uh, perhaps if I start off with with just a little bit about me. So as as most of you, I'm sure know, I'm I'm one of uh, four boys. Um, I, I always tease my brothers that when when my parents uh, reached perfection, they stopped. Uh, so that is why I'm I'm the youngest. Um, I've got two boys of my own. Um, I, I'm, I'm married to Shannon, and I've got Joel and Noah, my own two sons, who who some of you might have met too. Um, as you had mentioned, I am the IT manager and the business relationship manager at Aspen Pharmaceuticals. Uh, we do have a very big uh, plant in in Melbourne, in fact, where we have been to um, on two occasions. So. Uh, it certainly is interesting just being in the industry where where so many other industries are are really feeling um, you know the effects of of the lockdown and that we we've got an increased demand for for, for our product but um, to the point where in Australia or rather in, in in Italy our our product was nationalized in Australia we we've been told what products we we um, you know have to produce at our factory. So it's, it's certainly interesting times that that we we you know we are living in. But uh, you know I've I think I've I've adjusted to the working from home scenario quite nicely. We're on day 62 now I think it is, 
um, wow. of working from home. And I must say, I'm, I'm quite enjoying the short future thing. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks, Al. Thanks for sharing that uh, a little bit about uh, what's going on there in life in South Africa at the moment. And I will just say that there's, there's no truth in the rumor that while Alan works at a pharmaceutical company, he, he gets free drugs. So please don't contact him. He's, uh, I've tried. He doesn't help. Um, friends, <laughs> just to say also, Alan's given us a little bit of the details of his, um, of his work and of his, of his family life. Maybe Alan, can you share with us something of the uh, just something of your faith journey um, before we get into the the whole topic of the soul and and uh, the sermon? Tell us a little bit about your own experience of Christ and perhaps your own work in the church. Sure. So, I mean, as as I think is is customary for you know most uh, children of of ministers, I've I've, I've grown up in the church. Um, and church has always been um, you know, a key part of my life. When I was nine years old, I made a commitment to follow Christ. And um, uh, you know, I've, I've always been involved in, in some shape or form in the church, you know, whether it's teaching Sunday school. Um, I've, I've played in, in, in the worship team in, in the churches that I've been in before, and I'm, I'm currently leading worship at our church. And um, I've served as, as a society steward or, or as a leader in, in the church for, for about the past 20 years. So, you know, seeing it really as, as part of my service, part of my calling, um, or, you know, though not in, in the full-time ministry, certainly uh, called to, to be Christ's witness in, in the workplace where, where I, you know, I'll encounter people that probably won't, won't ever encounter a church except for a funeral or or perhaps a wedding so you know that's certainly an area that that i really enjoy is is being able to share you know my testimony and my walk with christ with those with whom i work and then obviously just as i said play play an active role with within um, our own local church uh, what, i mean we've served together alan was a, a society steward for some of my years when um, when i ministered in musgrave um, a society steward, for those who are unfamiliar with the term, would be the equivalent of an elder in uh, the Uniting Church. Oh, you've done a lot of uh, a lot of work in the church in terms of worship leading and uh, and being in in leadership. What what aspect of your service really resonates deep in your in your soul? What makes you feel most connected to God in, in terms of the service that you've done? Stuart, I'd, I'd have to say that it would be my involvement in, in the worship team and in, in leading the music ministry you know, within the church. Um, I think any musician will tell you that there's a very deep connection. And you know, for me, it's a, it's a soul connection, in fact, um, when one is playing, playing instruments, playing worship to God. Uh, so I, I would certainly say that it's, it's the worship through music that... Um, that really resonates deep within my soul. That, and I think also just my love for you know for nature, for the beach, for the mountains, and you know, a combined beach, mountains, and music, and uh, and and you've 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 got the perfect combination. So that's that's where where you know um, I feel contentment within my own soul. Thanks, friends. Please uh, keep the comments coming. If you have some questions, I can't promise that we'd uh, get to all of the questions, but. Uh, 
we'd love to just interact with you in this connecting conversation. And uh, so pop something in the comments there. I've tried to show as many as I can of the um, of the hellos that uh, have been put up there. So thank you for that. It's great to have you watching with us. Well, on Sunday, we started a new sermon series called Soul Keeping, um, caring for the most important part of you. And just to give um, acknowledgement where it's due, uh, the series is based on a book called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. And, uh, and there's quite a lot of material that I've used also from uh, the works of Dallas Willard and uh, Eugene Peterson. So as, um, as, as folks uh, hear the sermon series, just to give credit where it's due, that has formed a, I'm very grateful to those writers for the ministry they have in, in terms of expanding teaching. Um, in this first part of the series, we looked at the concept of the soul itself. We looked at the nature of the soul. We looked at the health of the soul. And I mentioned that as humanity, um, we know the importance of souls, save our souls and all the rest of it. Uh, we, we, uh, we know the significance, even if we don't always know how to define it. Um, you and I, know this importance um we've always been very close um i think i've had a, a soul connection right from the very beginning also uh you don't know that i'm going to do this but just to show you uh, uh, i've um there's a there's a picture <laughs> a picture of us as uh, as little kids i'm the cute one on the right the, uh, <laughs> um Alan's the one looking a bit, you know, not, not knowing what's going on. But from this very early age, we've been connected, uh, growing up together as, as kind of best friends all the way through. And in fact, we even named our boat uh, Soulmates. And um, I don't know, that's not the greatest picture of it there, but if I show you there. And uh, although we never actually caught any soul uh, on the boat, but we see a a bond and connection, I think, that is that that resonates in in our souls. Souls are um, so important to us. I asked a question at the beginning of the series. I said, "How would you explain a soul to someone who has never heard that word before?" A lot of people go on to me and say, "You never gave us the answer." So I said, "I'm going to get Alan to give you the answer." <laughs> <laughs> well, at least so, we know they'll be getting the right answer. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> um, Al, what what is your initial response to that question? Sid, I think um, for me, if, if you ask me to explain a soul, it really would be what connects us to God. Um, you know, we we are created in in God's image, in, and um, and to me that that means that that the soul is the spirit of Christ. You know, that is within us. Um, I believe that the soul transcends this this physical life that we have, and is what goes with us or what is us in in eternity. Um, I think it's the it's the deepest thing about you, and it's 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 a part of us that I believe God um, would communicate with. So for me, it's it's that direct connection to God through His Spirit within us. Um, and it's 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 just wonderful that it's it's what transcends this realm and takes us into the into the kingdom of heaven. So that it's a connection with God. Okay. Um, here here's a video. You guys didn't get to see this, but 
I'd like to show briefly the video that I couldn't show on um, on Sunday. Now I'll just I'm going to disappear and Ellen's going to disappear, but we can both still talk. Here's the video of John Olsuk. Your soul is the deepest thing about you. Your soul it is, is the, the deepest eerie, thing most about mysterious, you. Most it is the eeriest, most mysterious, eternal, most evocative, crucial, sacred, eternal, life-directing, fragile but indestructible, and nowadays quite controversial part of your existence. Jesus himself said that the soul is worth more than the world. So why in the world would you not value it above all else? Wouldn't it be a good thing to know what it is and how to take care of it? Wouldn't it be worth knowing how to honor it, nurture it? Two things are certain. One, you have a soul. And the other, it's the only one you will ever have. In soul keeping, we're going to go into the depths of understanding what the soul is and why changing your habits could change your life. So that uh, there was the, um, the John Altberg video that uh, we couldn't see. Ironically, Al, I could have used a computer specialist at that particular time in the morning. But John, John says that your soul is the deepest thing about you, and it's the only one that you have. But despite that, because of um, because it's out of sight, as it were, we tend not always to to look after it. We tend to forget about it. We tend to tend to shelve it. Um, and uh, the consequences are a bit like the keeper of the stream in the story that I told. How do you think we can keep our soul in sight, as it were? Um, how, do you, how do you keep your soul in sight? Sid, I think, you know, as, as I mentioned in, in, the, in the previous, um, in our previous point, if, if the soul is Christ within us, as in, you know, the Holy Spirit within us, I think it's being aware of my soul in my life and of God in my life. I think when one has to keep keep nurturing it and certainly not you know not neglecting it, but but acknowledging God within our lives each day and and certainly not taking you know any day for granted. Um, you know we need to live by by Christ's power and Christ has given us His Holy Spirit um, in in our soul. Um, you know I, I think obviously the important things like prayer time. And and spending time in God's word would you know would apply, but I think at the very core of it, it's about being present and acknowledging Christ in our life, um, and and I think that's how how I'm able to keep keep my soul in sight and and not neglect it. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more when you say being being present? Um, how do you mean being present in in the moment or? Well, yeah, I think you know, it's so easy for us to 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 get wrapped up in in the future, in the past. But um, I think for you know, for me specifically, I and I find it very easy to 
to to live looking forward to things in the future and i think one one almost sidelines you know the soul in in those circumstances i think being present in soul body and mind in 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 the present moment is is certainly helpful to to remind you of the soul within your life and 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 the part that that plays as opposed to you know always longing for something in the future some future state which which may or may not happen okay thanks for that i also spoke about the soul as the the deepest most important uh the most sacred uh part of ourselves a little bit like what you were saying in your definition in the beginning it's the part of us that desires connection not only with god but connection um a connection also with with uh, other people um, you know like i said you know soulmates and and so on mm-hmm. um it's internal and it's external which again goes with what you're saying about being present in the moment Wh- whatever's happening you are there you're present um you you're taking in your, the, the sense of soul with you um Dallas Willard says that the soul actually integrates everything um and he likened that to a computer system which I thought would be an interesting question to ask you as a computer uh, specialist um how does that explanation work for you how does it how does it fit with your with your thoughts on, on the soul um it, it worked uh, it, it's kind of good and bad bad in that um perhaps i know <laughs> that that a computer can still break catastrophically and i've been um, i've been a Take part of, of that <laughs> I've, I've been a part of those breakages so we you know where Dallas Willard was saying how it keeps everything alive and that yes but you know your processor and main will don't don't necessarily keep it alive but it it was helpful in the sense that you you know your your processor and, and main board or brains of, of of the computer really do keep everything in sync and if things get out of sync it goes um, it goes chaotically wrong so without a um, a healthy mainboard and processor to, to to keep everything in check um it really is a, a kind of stormy water that that you're heading into so it worked well from you know from that perspective okay i i like it in in sync is a um is a nice way to to put it in um in different terms to what Dallas was saying and when when he was saying it 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 integrates body mind will and spirit um all all of that integrated or rather to use your words um in sync with uh the will of god which uh, the unhealthy soul doesn't experience the unhealthy soul experiences the disintegration um okay. and the disconnection as i say you know souls can also go spectacularly wrong mm-hmm. um and i think i think let me not speak for everybody else but i can certainly say that 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 i know i know the feeling of a uh the experience of disintegration where where your soul is not in tune with um the will of god where you're not in sync with god's will i used the example in the service about dieting you know you you um your head says don't eat it but your <laughs> your mouth is already chomping it down uh yeah. but um you know we we know that experience but can you maybe share with us an experience of integration from your life has there been a has there been a time that's really stood out for you as a moment where where you knew that things were in sync with god 
I think there's there's two instances which um, which really stand out for me. Stuart. Firstly, um, as I mentioned earlier, I was at the age of nine when I, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, and uh, that was at a at a presentation done by by Professor David Block, who's who's, who's a world famous professor in in astronomy and in in applied physics. And I mean, this was way back, um, you know, many years ago. But he had three big screens in the church. He was he, he was showing images of of space and and basically using science to prove the existence of God. Um, and that for me was certainly one moment when I I felt that 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 integration between what I was hearing, what I was feeling, what I was seeing. Um, so you know, that would certainly um, be one example. And then another example, I think, sure. So was that, about, sorry, was that, was that, was that like an integration, not just, um, not just in terms of your own soul, but like an integration of the whole kind of cosmos, the whole. Exactly. Everything, everything just just came together, um, and I think you know, it's, it's it's exceptionally hard to describe um, that that experience. But it was that at that moment that I knew, or you know, perhaps you can say that that my soul was you know, was was really connecting with Christ. Um, so, yeah, that, it, it is a complete integration, uh, if I use your words. Sorry, carry um, on, I also interrupted you. I, I was just going to say, that there was one other um, opportunity for that. I must have been um, early 20s, and I was sitting in, in Dad's church. Um, I think most of the folk know that our father's also a minister, and, and he was preaching. <clears throat> and um, I can remember I had... I drifted off in the, in, in the sermon, uh, as one does sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, how how can God care about little old me? There's there's billions of people in this world. Our world is just one small planet in many many galaxies. Um, how how can He care about me? And as I kind of came to and uh, you know started concentrating again, Dad looked straight at me. <laughs> Now, I can't remember his words. I think he said something like, and you might be thinking that God doesn't care about you because you're just one small person and insignificant. He said, well, let me tell you something. He goes, he does, and he points at me. And I thought, well, that's, that's certainly God, uh, you know, God speaking to me. And um, it was at that moment that, you know, one can feel the, the integration once again between uh, soul, heart, body, mind, um, and just an experience of that soul connecting directly with you know with god awesome i would just uh, i know dad's watching i would just like to say that i have never drifted off in any of your sermons some of your sons listened uh what to every word <laughs> um the uh ian ian was saying a kind of control alt and delete is the restoration uh for the soul which is uh, a nice way of looking at it and um this brings me to the parable of the sower. Earlier on, Shane commented and said, uh, I love in the parable of the sower, there's a, a positive and helpful, hopeful aspect found in discussing the first three who, who had an imperfect reception of the word. And um, for me too, Shane, this was a, it, was, it was great to kind of pick up on the, the positive aspect in uh, the parable of the sower, which is often in the first section just seen as so, so negative. But um, Jesus uses this parable else to talk of, uh, you could take it in many ways, but I took it to mean the, the condition of the soul on Sunday. And I said that the hardened soul is one that's been hurt, 
um, has formed this protective shell of bitterness or, or cynicism and suspicion. Um, can it be softened uh, with a smaller? It can be softened with the smallest amount of sacrifice. Can you share a story with us of a hardened soul that you've seen soften? Yes, Jed, I, I was thinking about this, um, and obviously, with, with, you know, without wanting to go into specifics around names or places, anything like that, I've certainly um, experienced um, that kind of person with a heart and soul. And you know, what one finds is that there's certainly an, an, an emphasis in the world on on stuff, on having possessions, on having status. There's pride, and and everything around us is geared to feeding that. And I think that in itself um, serves to to harden the one's soul and to and to you know make one less receptive to to that communion with Christ. But what I've seen, and I'm thinking of three people in 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 particular, and what I've seen in all three of those uh, you know those hardened souls was that love always um, kind of overcame that. And at times that when they've experienced that love through other people. They, you know, their guards dropped, even if it's just temporarily, but they've dropped their guard, and you can see there's a soul that is craving Christ's love, mm. there's a soul craving the love of others, no matter what they may project, you know, kind of 23 out of 24 hours a day. There's still that softening of the soul that can happen, you know, as, as you mentioned in, in, in the story, um, you know, over the weekend, the, the, the souls are still receptive to receiving that love. And I think mm. it's only through that love that those souls will eventually soften. Um, and, and one can't give up hope. One has to keep loving, keep loving, keep loving um, in order for those souls to, to, to actually soften. Yeah. Uh, the, the deep soul, I'm just, uh, I can't believe our first half an hour goes in these things, but uh, the, the deep soul, um, has there been an experience in your life where you've been touched by by somebody who has a depth of soul that just has stood out for you? I think so, Stuart. There's, there's a person that stands out for me. Um, I knew her my late teenage years, early 20s. A very old lady, dear lady in our church at that time. Um, her name was Daphne. I call her Granny Daph. She would come in every Monday morning. She had cleaned the church. She was really an amazing person. Um, and I got the, the impression that she was always feeding her soul. Um, she used to, she stayed in a small flat in, in the center of town and she had about 10 homeless people that she would, she, she would give them each um, uh, some coins and she'd give them each soap and they would sleep on, on her veranda on a porch um, every night. And, and she would give them that, that um, you know, that kind of refuge. And she really was a person who, who looked after her own soul, but who also um, loved and nurtured the souls of others. Oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> remember Daphne, she's a be beautiful uh, depth of soul. Is, is mm. um, one other positive out of that parable, just uh, very briefly, I'll, um, I said uh, there are two constants that um, it's not the parable of the good and the bad seeds, and it's not the parable of the good and the bad sower. Um, what does it mean for you that the sower is always sowing generously and that the seeds are always good seeds? See, I think briefly it, it, it means that God is never turning his, you know, his back on us 
and that we should never write off anyone else. Um, God can always, you know, always soften their soul. Uh, that that the grace of God, no matter how hard a, a person's soul is, um, it can always penetrate. So it speaks to me of uh, of God's generosity and of God's love and of God's grace. Awesome, friends. Uh, that is just about our time for this evening. Thank you for for the comments. Thank you for the. Um, the the fact that you've connected with us, Alan. Thank you for taking the time to be with us and to and to share with us uh, this evening. We really appreciate it, and um, and we just pray God's blessing upon you and the family and the rest of South Africa as they, they navigate um, navigate the lockdown. And uh, maybe I can end with a quote. I love I love the way you, you used the word um, uh, in sync. And uh, the quote I thought I'd end off with tonight is. Our souls are the very part of us that sinks all of life together. The part that connects all of who we are with God and with each other. May you know the beauty of that connection deep within your soul. Bless you, Carlos. Have a good one. And, uh, Thanks very much. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been great to, to spend this time with you. I just hope none of my colleagues saw because I have to put in for leave. Because you're supposed to be at work. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed thanks, the time. Thanks a lot, Al. Cheers. Likewise. Friends, uh, that is our, our Connecting Conversations for this evening. I, I hope that you've enjoyed it, and I pray that uh, as, we, as we head off, you would um, know the beauty of that connection in your soul. God bless.